0: Hey, you, Prime members, you can listen to three little words ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. This podcast is brought to you by Quorn, the nation's favourite meat-free brand. Quorn is a great partner for this show because he sent me free Quorn cocktail sausages, which never last long in our fridge. For each podcast,
1: Tony furnishes us with a new fact from our Yeah, program. let me furnish you. A fabulous, you, Let me furnish you with a quite, not a sentence I thought I'd be hearing myself say today. Quorn is made from a natural, nutritious fungus it's found in soil, first discovered in a garden in Buckinghamshire in the 1960s.
0: It seems that there's loads of people these days cutting down on the amount of meat that they eat for reasons that are related to health, the environment, animal welfare. If you're on that journey... You won't go far wrong by popping some corn in your shopping basket every week.
2: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: let's go. Welcome to Three Little Words, my name's John Bishop. I'm, I'm exhausted. It- <laughs> yeah, I'm here with, with Tony Pitt, we present this show where we bring a guest on, we ask them for three words that matter to them and that's a way of getting to understand their life. Today's guest is someone who's, who's potentially, definitely on paper, has had the best working life in the world. She's been paid to watch telly. <laughs> paid to go out and eat and then in the meantime sit at home and write make stuff up and put it in books as a broadcaster and author
3: ladies and gentlemen welcome to grace
0: Dent. how are you
3: hello i'm really good
1: hello grace Dent. hello hello it's lovely to see you both yes nice. yeah to
3: see you. is that a
0: good summary when i introduced you saying that you've you've had <laughs> on paper a brilliant job um, i thought you'd do that for a living
3: look uh Definitely on paper, I think it is the greatest job in the world. I mean, definitely the restaurant criticism part of it, because I, you know, I eat out continually. I get paid to eat, and that's what I do. And then I write it up. So on paper, you can't. It's a job you cannot moan about. People's eyes just begin to roll. But you know what it's like. It's just a job. It's a job. You
0: you, prior to that, you were a TV critic. There's two things that I want to ask you. Go on. First of all, is I wonder if you become a telecritic? and secondly,
3: <laughs> how do you become a, a, a food critic? I think both of those jobs aren't anything to do with uh, the actual thing, either the food or the TV. It's just about being able to write. You know, you have to kind of be inside the newspaper anyway, like doing stuff. And then, you know, both of those jobs—it's—it's it's churning out, churning out words, 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 even when you don't feel like it. So, uh, but the,
1: the consequences that. Are- passing judgment on others creative yeah. endeavor or livelihoods. is that burden you
3: yes I wish it didn't mm. however um, I mean I'm I am a pretty anyone that knows me I'm quite a sensitive person I'm quite hard'm I'm quite I'm quite a hard northwestern Carlisle woman but I'm also quite you know I do uh, I do feel what other people feel. It's not nice to go to a restaurant and the food's crap and you've already seen the owner, More you know, hugging chair. their child at the back and you know how much they spent on light fittings and you're thinking, oh, that's going back to the shop. That's not nice.
1: Does that hold you back?
3: It does. You know, if it's like a tiny little independent restaurant, then I, I find it really hard to go, well, go in, in hard. It's hard. Great,
0: here's a <laughs> great question then. Have you ever gone to review somewhere and thought, it's not up to it is it in fact it's that bad that if i write this review this this place is going to really suffer so i better not write the review
3: yes right and that is the thing that people don't realize about all of the big restaurant critics when our tax return comes around and we've got going through our receipts there'll be a big pile of receipts of places that we just didn't have the heart to write about oh my you god you just haven't you just not so that can't. means that if you anyone sees it. you Yeah,
0: somewhere it's not a guarantee. It's a good place. This could be one of the shit ones. Doesn't even make it.
1: Nice man, shit chips. Do you know? Surely,
3: I think people know that they're not getting reviewed, and I think they're shit. If I walk out before pudding,
0: you said that the thing about being a critic is that it's words. It's continuously words. and Obviously, as an author, words are your life. So I've got to ask you, what is your first word?
3: My first word, and can I just say, this podcast is. Has given me a bit of a sleepless night because I think that this is quite a difficult one to do. It, it, it's there's podcasts everywhere, there's thousands of podcasts, mm. but this is a proper format where they where you're you're laid bare, you're honestly. And I kept thinking of words because I obviously words in my my life, and then I thought, well, I, I'm going to have to explain why, mm. and then it's going to get
1: deep. Well, I think we have found there are there are two essentially two types of guests those that are coming with that complete awareness of, w- of what's at stake and then there are others that it dawns on them but in a matter of seconds they realize and then they're in
3: because it feels yeah. like therapy
1: yes every uh, I think it's a common, well, theme. Let's a common thing let's see yeah. let's go okay so your first word is
3: my first word is hungry mm.
1: hungry it's, as in um, to be hungry Uh, Okay, from the Old English, hunger, unease or pain caused by a lack of food. I think it's, uh, the. so this isn't a note, so this is relying on my own knowledge, which is minimal, but I think it's ghrelin. Is it ghrelin, the hormone? I think that's what causes uh, hunger pains. From 1200, the meaning of a strong or eager desire. Hmm. And then a couple of quotes. uh, Seneca, sorry, a hungry people listens not to reason, nor cares for justice, nor is bent by any prayer, and then Brecht, who said Hungry men reach for the book; it is a weapon. So, why okay. did you choose Hungry?
3: Um, I uh, I ended up calling my new book Hungry because it was ostensibly a book about how I started off as a little girl in Curric in Carlisle and grew up on, you know as I've just given you, a sachet of Butterscotch Angel Delight and Finder's Crispy Pancakes and the contents of the freezer and then ended up, uh, came from a family that uh, didn't eat in fancy places. We went to the Wimpy and, uh, you know, even now my fa- my parents' favourite place to go is like Toby, Carvery or something like that. And how I went from that to being, uh, as John said, the restaurant critic for The Guardian, I'm on MasterChef, I'm one of those you know, faces in the food scene. So it was about that. So yes, hungry. I wanted hungry about appetite. But what I realised I also wanted to write about is my inner hunger, like hunger, my hu- my hunger for wanting more and wanting to first escape Kurok. And you know, I was a little girl sitting watching the tube, watching Polly Yates and Jules Holland. He was on the other week. He was bloody brilliant. Um, and you know, watching that, and thinking, I want that. I want that. I want. I want. I want to go and be on top of the pops. Or I want. And then, how did I get from one place to another? So it's a hunger that's always pushed me on against the odds. What I'm fascinated by now, though, is like now I'm in my forties. Like I work harder now than I've ever bloody worked. Like yeah. and and I've. I don't know what the hunger is now. I'm not trying to appease my parents. That's not a thing anymore. I've got a house <laughs> i've got I've got a full freezer I've got money in the bank. What am I doing? you Still know hungry. but i I get up every morning and i've got my get you know even when I'm trying to have like a break from everything. I get my bloody phone out and I'm like on that my phone, what's coming in you know what <laughs> what am I doing? Oh my God, have I been booked for this show? Oh, I'm on Radio 2, at blah, blah, blah. What slot have I got? Why haven't I got... And I know it's not healthy, you know? And I know that... But I also... I'm so used to that hunger that the thought of living without it, I can't think what I would... Li- what would I do it's if a, I didn't have
1: it? So it's an, so, engin- so it's an engine, but it's, uh, in your mind, and uh, uh, it's a destination. I've used the phrase before, but it's never more germane. I think in your case, that flowers grow on the side of the mountain, not the top. Hmm. And it's a realisation... The realization that you know what actually this is the the hunger is the thing that's your essential nature people have very early on can realize things that they don 't want, but they don't know what they do want and you've been you've been spurred on by a hunger and a desire for more you said more when he yes. said more you faced us. It's a little <laughs> click in your face more yeah. because essentially it's that is is this it is it, this it? it is that it's the is
3: this year, and yeah. I and I I thought that this would be an interesting thing to talk to you two about because, you know, you've you've been around this, you've been, you know, and you've done a variety of different things. I was thinking on the way in about when you did, uh, at Road I- Rhode Irish, really. Like Root Irish, you know, yeah. and you've done you've done so many varied things that, and and you and you too, you you both. That surely there must be a point where you've done it all. Have you done yeah, it all? Yeah,
0: but it's a funny thing, isn't it? because you've used the word "hungry," yeah, whereas people could use the word "ambition." But yes. as, as Tony said, there's also a little bit of a drive because, like we've all done it, we've we've been lucky enough to have done things within our careers that none of us may be expected to work out or anticipated. But it was so funny. I've literally coming here from being at lunch with a friend of mine, and we've gone through this whole thing, both of us, you know, mad busy, mad busy, and then all of a sudden, everybody stops, you sit, you think about it and go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then you start re-evaluating, and you want to get busy again, because that's who you are. It's just that within the environment and society that we live in, one route takes you to a way that might make you more known to people. But mm. if there'd have been no television or there'd have been no no reviewing, mm. you would have been a busy person in whatever life you would have lived. It was your what, Sorry.
3: No, I was gonna say the real sadness of everyone's life is wanting to have someone else's. Do you live free of that? Do you both yeah. live free of that? Yeah. Do you can you put right? This is it. Can you put the television on on a night and just casually watch it without seeing something on there, somebody, and think, why didn't I get that show? That's really personal enough,
0: because because I yeah. came to this later in life, and I, d- I never had that ambition. And then and then when I started breaking through, and you start going, oh, I'm getting invited to things, and then and then oh god, why didn't I get that gig? And then. Mm all that's gone now. And, and, okay. and, 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 and this is in show, so a short sort of period because people think my career is longer than what it is. It's only about 10 years old. I, I just, I'm not bothered. For a start, I very rarely turn to telly on, but I'm not that bothered yeah. because I'm comfortable where I am. But I'm I'm also you know 53 years of age. I'm a mm. different person than I, I would have been if I was 33. If I was 33, the fire would have been. It's not that the fire's not there. It's just that it's burning inside an oven that it fits. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and don't don't and, and you don't. You know
0: what I have no. to say? Yes, that surprised me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Think, the that's thing really is, do, don't don't compare your insides to somebody else's outsides.
3: I oh think. my god.
1: I think that's one to carry with you. That helps me. And, I, and I, do, I, just to back up what John said, that's part of, uh, I mean, I'm an actor and a writer. I essentially think of myself as a writer that acts. I genuinely, so all actors are taught to, um, uh, you know, you've got to go into that room and think you'll be lucky to get me. So, you know, it's an awful lot of, uh, nice. you You'd be lucky to get me, you've got to have that. And I and I, I kind of, it's just a dent of, think of personality. I kind of think, well, if I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not. Yeah. I can honestly say, I no, I, well, I don't watch telly so much, uh, really. Uh, I, I can honestly say I've never watched and thought I should have done that. I've watched and thought you're terrible. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I've not thought. No. Well, he
0: says you're terrible, not you. No, no, no I no. knew it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> watch me personally yeah, many yeah. times. For you, you um, you've done this journey, as you say, you come down and then you get into this, you know, work with The Guardian is all of a sudden everyone's got assumptions of what that world is. I, I want to understand the bit in you mm. that says I'm not going to stay around Carlisle. I'm not going to stay up here. I I, I want to know what, what triggered it. What happened?
3: I think that um, people like me from, you know, 1970s, 1980s, working class childhood, uh, we weren't inspired by... Uh, the the idea of academia or high-flying careers, because that wasn't around us, that wasn't what our families were doing. What we were inspired by was pop culture. It was pop culture that brought me up. It was sitting and watching Top of the Pops on a Thursday night, or The Tube, or you Magazines. know this magazine smash hits yeah. uh the the enemy my brother you know i remember my big brother bob giving me um, parallel lines by Blondie yeah. on like yeah, vinyl yeah. uh when i was a tiny girl and just and and it's those you know i always say i was like I was brought up um my ideas of um, of, of, of grandeur was, you know, Elsie Tanner on Coronation Street yeah. and how amazing she yeah, looked. Yeah, she always looked oh, just looked Don't like me? Amazing, yeah. that kind of, that brassiness that and, uh, you helped. know, yeah. like uh, the Human League, seeing Joanne and, what's the other girl called? Sus- uh, jo- Joanne and Suzanne Sus- from Sus- the Human League yeah. on top of the pops and like, or get on the Don't You Want Me video and are getting out with, like, a floor-length mink coat yeah. on. And it was stuff like that that made me go, oh, I just want to go. To London. I just want to go. I want yeah. to go to London and I want to, I want to, whatever's going on on Smash Hits, I want, you know, especially I always think, you know, I think a lot of writers say this Smash Hits was a real gateway yes. for them because um, the team that were writing it were very uh, funny and droll and it was there in every caption. It was there on the letters page and there was a bit like, oh, oh, these people. They There's understand irony, me. They There's irony, an irony. Yeah. All these yes. strange names yes. for the pop stars, yes. and you know, Paul Fab Mako, Wacky Thumbs Aloft, and all that. So th- it was that, and I wanted. I, I think I, I just wanted to go, where people might understand me.
1: Uh, so I, I had <laughs> I this conversation about Bowie the other day, uh, and I'm not. I'm not given ever to social media. You know, I just I don't use it that way ever. I've never been compelled to comment on. Anything that I've felt, I don't want to use it that way. But I was compelled to when Bowie died because I remember seeing Bowie was building blocks for me because I, mm. I it was I thought oh fucking hell, he's he's alive in the world yeah. and he seems to be he's he's stood up and he's and people look at him and he's he's he's, he's so he's got through to where I'd it, be what ten years older than me fifteen years older than me and that it was a kind of he both excited me and calmed me. Yeah, but uh, that that thought that uh, that was at. and uh, and it gave it a focal point because it was that's it, every northern household. We've all grown up in that house. But what the fucking what
3: <laughs> what, on? I trying to watch the And I remember
1: thinking, well, I, you know what? That's I, I, explain me or uh, gave me the early inklings of
3: that when you put on Whistle Test or something on the BBC, uh, BBC Two Whistle Test, and then suddenly i mean i remember seeing these people for the first time even if it's like boy george or Susie sue or morrissey the first time you see these people exactly you're right there's the there's, there's something out there and i'm hungry and i want i want to so that so way. yeah so yeah
0: but you you it seems to me that your your access seems very much music driven mm. yeah so why didn't you work within the music field
3: well, um, I, uh, I can write. That's the thing. I, the one, the, the, from the word go, uh, I, when I got to uni, I realised that one of my only proper skills is that I can write. I can properly, I can churn out hundreds and hundreds of words and I can make people feel, and I wouldn't compare myself in their talent, but in a similar way, I, I've got that kind of Victoria Wood Alan E type of chatter that, and I can just I um, make people laugh, and I and I knew right away I can do this.
1: Meet me, and that's just a consequence, mm. and that's 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 uh, and that's the the price of that is detachment. Yeah, the price of that is is the you, that's that's the price so I, I'm a writer. I was mm. a writer from I was born a writer mm. at five six years old. I just to write about going to the museum in Sheffield, and I did. Yeah, it was just yeah. an absolute so yeah, I understand that completely, mm. implicitly, and instinctively.
0: But for you as a journalist, because I know you started breaking through as a student, writing for Cosmopolitan, mm. and so on, you've always had to write through the filter of an editor. Yeah, you know, it's different with your novels, yeah. but through but but your day job requires the filter of, the, of an editor. Mm-hmm. Is there, how many times have you thought? I don't want to write this but I need to write this cuz this pays the rent. All I need the time. to fit what they want me to write.
3: All the time. I mean how I how do I have to write I mean look I've got a I've got a, a regular guardian column um, which is you know 52 times a year plus Christmas plus holidays plus whatever and that is on top of all my work yeah. on top of my bbc radio 4 show and i've got a bbc 4 television show and like so you know there is there's some that are an absolute joy to write for the guardian but i think that the what you know i have to bloody do it i've got i mean i've got to do one right now i should be writing it right now Yeah, that's the
0: thing like tony's (laughs) always said to me and you've said it and it's been reaffirmed that if you're a writer you're right yeah Yeah, that's that's what if you're a bricklayer you 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 put bricks on top of bricks.
1: I've got to ask you this, though, because this is uh, this is uh, where we differ, and it always fascinates me. I can't. I'm not a pen for hire. Mm. Somebody asked me to write something. I got a column, or or to write TV. Got uh, uh, anything that's done by committee that has to go through the, the filter. I no, but you. So, yeah. so, is what's allowed you? So, is that pragmatism or some writers? Is it the case that, and, and often there's a comfort because you're because it's within parameters and the parameters are clear and they're understood. There's actually a freedom there, do you know. Like, so when I write, uh, the idea of having a big empty page can be terrifying. It can can yeah. be to some people. It's not to me. I love it. But do you find that there's freedom that you can express yourself freely within that restriction?
3: Um, I definitely don't do uh, pieces now where you know I just get I get I get asked every day to write pieces for other places and I just look at it and say no. I have to because I'm contracted. I have to write for the Guardian and I and I want to keep that job. So therefore, I do write and I kind of have to. But what I will say is, I will only sign a contract if I get on with the editor. And I know that when he says to me, Grace, write a piece about. This restaurant or afternoon tea, I'll just do whatever I want. I mean, it he has got to, he's got to understand that I, I am a little understand. bit. I'm a little, you know, understand I'm not a Robin, normal. Yes. You're not going to get a normal piece. you yes. probably, you know, because I'm not a normal person, and that's why you've hired me.
1: At my thing would be if people are explaining, if you're having to explain yourself to your editor,
3: that exactly. Then it's
1: then it's never going to never going to work.
3: I need to if you hire me, you need to know that the cultural references will be quite obscure, and I'm writing for those people. And if you please don't edit them out, because... Comedy is very, very precise. It's like a science. Like one brand is funny and one brand isn't. And it's that. It's, it, it's that. So I only work with people that let me do that. And, uh, and and I hope I write for an audience that get that as well. Um, God, this really is like therapy. Um, I feel like I want to give you £75 and come back well, next
0: week. So can I first. just. <laughs> first, that's <Yeah>. your first, <laughs> yeah. £75
1: that, pounds a, word. A, word. Yeah. a word. Yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll...
0: Uh, so
3: on that point,
0: <laughs> just so we can get more cash in. Oh, what, what, you two. What, what is your second word?
3: My second word is uh, the words that I mean. You might not even know it. it's Shap.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you what oh. I. Shap. I'll tell you what. Ah, oh look oh. at that. Oh, the, the, I just see the the bishop flicker of recognition. Yeah. He's got a Shap story. Shap. All right. Well, okay. Maybe what you won't know is that. Okay, so Shaps uh, is a linear village amongst the fells and isolated dales in the Eden District, Cumbria in the historic county of Westmorland, It was extensively settled in the Neolithic times and there's several stone circles which goes to its etymology. So the etymology, hep actually means uh, rosehip. So that's why I was confused. But uh, in this case, it's from hep, which is yip, which is the old Norse word for heap. So shap means heap of stones and it's probably referring to an ancient stone circle or the stone avenue which is just west of the village what I do know about Shap is because I, th- um, I think it was Trollope wrote about Shap because Shap's co- it was a coach stage on the way up to Carlisle, and that was the source of its wealth. And um, what I know, it's thinly populated and cold. So why <laughs> did you bring? Why did you bring a Shap?
3: Um, Shap is a place that it just, I just have this warmth for it. I, j- I love how. Remote and uh, desolate, it always is. I I I grew up in the north in Carlisle, and when uh, when I was growing up, it was kind of always a bit of a joke. Shap was almost a bit of a it's a it was a punchline. It was kind of if your mum and dad were arguing, your dad would say, "I'm going to go and get a house in Shap," or if it was a really really freezing day, we would wonder like, "What's it like up in Shap?" It's the most. Go- uh, and I'm going to say this if you listen to this from Shap. I can say I say this with affection. It's the most God. It is God-forsaken. Yes. It is a God-forsaken place. And when uh, when you're coming from Houston to Carlisle, th- there's a part where you suddenly reach Shap, and it's the highest part on the West Coast Track, and you're climbing and climbing and climbing. And even if you know you can you can have come out of Houston wearing like flip-flops and shorts and be really hot, when you get there, it will always be grey always no matter what time of the day and the the mountains are they're either beautiful and beautiful and, and picturesque or they're just they're like hell you Resolute. know and they're, and they're mm. so every every time and I'm not a kind I'm not a, I'm not a weepy person I don't cry very much but there's it always gives me a lump in my throat when I get there and it always it reminds me that I am from a place which was really, really, really hard to get. You know, you talk about coaching and stuff. At one point, there was no M6, and people had to go there before they went anywhere else, and that's why hardly anybody went there, and that's why it was so cut off. I just... There's something about... It it affects me. I'm sure people that live near the Moors, and I'm sure they feel the same about places there, there's a bit of it that is in me, and... um and whenever, whenever I go through it, the 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 most God forsaken it is, the more I love it, yes. you know, and like and, and you can never pay it justice because I often I'll be coming back um, on the Houston train to see my family and love my face against the, the glass, you know, and then I open my eyes and it's sharp. And every time I try and take a photo to try and to have it, you know, so I can take a piece yes. of it back. Oh, it's, that, that it's, there's, yeah. a bru-
1: there's a brutality. There's an indifference. There's a resoluteness about it. There's an eter- it feels like it's eternal. Mm. It's it's eternal, and it's a, and it's a it's a pull, and, it, and it's inside you, almost yeah. an, uh, 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 inexpressible.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I and I, I and, and I love it when um, sometimes if you're sitting on the train, there's lots of tourists, and you know people. You can see their eyes begin to light up as they see it because this is the this is their kind of first taste of the lakes, you know. And it isn't it isn't officially the lakes, but it you know it's it's enough. It, we're getting there, you know. And it's I don't know. There's there's something magical about so it. So did you spend time in Shap? You lived um, near it. I know. I'm from Carlisle, which yeah. is is not really near it, but Shap is. The kind of place like in, in the seventies and the eighties when you took your gran out for a day in the yeah. car, you might end up in shop. Yeah, pub lunch in Pub and lunch, yeah, pub yeah, yeah. Do
1: a yeah. Nice ploughman's in shop. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, trying
3: to get
0: to the the understanding of the importance of the place. Is it is it important because it's symbolic of you going home, or is yeah. it important in its own right of the place? Th- I
3: think that um it's definitely uh, the, it's definitely symbolic of maybe my childhood because um, it was probably one of the most remote places that we knew. And I think that my dad and my mum used to probably always use it as a joke because chap is really just one terraced road as well. Yeah. The actual shop itself. And I think that... We used to just laugh about it. We used to laugh about how, even though we were a really small family, like we still couldn't really sit in a room together without getting in an argument because we're northern, North, northwestern people, and we just shout at each other all the time. And I think that we used to always talk about just getting houses on the opposite side of Shap. Right, like now, like o- over, you know, the last year, I've I've found myself on like Rightmove dot com, seeing if there's any houses there and i don't know why i just keep thinking oh, if i just if i just got a i could just get a terrace i so could just get a terrace there and i could sit and write books there
0: describe <laughs> describe you living in yeah I mean... No, that's why I laughed. Yeah. Me. I've, just, yeah. I've just slipped the, up my own story. That's why I laughed. Because I was doing a gig in the um, the Sands <laughs> in Carlisle. Carlisle Sands. And, and, and Part of my it, childhood yeah. as well. So I'm on the stage. This is why I laughed about it. Yeah. And I didn't realise you were going to talk about the place. Yeah. Yeah. Because... No, I'm on stage, and there was there was a bit a bit of banter with a fella in the front row, and it was it, and and he wouldn't shut up, and his wife was sort of sat next to him, and it and and as I was going, and I sort of put him down a bit, and then I moved away, put him down a bit, and then his wife said, "Why don't you just get him to <laughs> shat?" But I thought she said, "Get him to shat," and I th- <laughs> and then I thought, "Is this a normal like, <laughs> <laughs> thing to get him to shit <laughs> his pants?" So then I just did this ten minutes about <laughs> getting this fella to like. Have a yeah. dumping and nappy and everything, And I, mean, I just went on this... And she, what are you on about? Shop? It's oh. shop. It's shop the face. So that's what made me laugh. Yeah. So anyway, now, yeah. if you have this vision of yourself... Right. ...up in and, like, we've all had those yeah. moments where you think, you know what, I could just live in the country. Why, why, why am I doing this? And I could just walk around. Do you see yourself, like, baking bread, chickens no. in the garden, barefoot? Or do you see yourself locked in
3: with a... Writing away ferociously telling the world what's on your mind. I uh I think that um I I imagine that I'd have like a lovely bedroom with a really big bed and really lovely covers and I would like spend a lot of time just with my laptop in bed. I'd probably get I'd I'd probably have a few cats and then I'd just feed more cats until there was just more and more and more cats. And uh yeah, I would I, I think I would just would I bake bread? Everyone thinks they're gonna break bread, don't they? But do they really? And then when you bake the bread, then you've got to eat the bread. Uh, and then you've got to keep eating it and eating it. And the cake. Do you bake bread? Do I bake
0: bread? Do you anything? Got only got into cooking this year. Yeah. You no, know, Tony's been a bit in fact I remember one of the first one of my first memories with you is when I went to your, your flat in Leeds and you made me at um you made me lunch, said you want something to eat and you come out with this um tomato drizzled in olive oil with, oh, with uh, mushrooms on capri- top like capri- it's a batter thing and I was like that's good isn't it
2: do you ever feel like you're settling for your foundation that is Maybelline's new instant age rewind eraser foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles
0: I have been this year and I've loved it. I've really got a new appreciation for food. And baking is something that I would like to do more of. I see all of that. Mm. But it's just, when you say to people, I want to live in this other life, there's just this thing that I I think a house (laughs) like that's got to smell of bread.
3: Yeah, I think it has the smell of bread and also dogs. Yeah. I but, mean, but is, it's we very... can
0: save. say if there are any estate agents from SHAP <laughs> <listen>.
1: or <laughs> SHAT either, either of them <laughs> <Lovely> <laughs> it's, <a> lot <laughs> cheap. it's cheaper in SHAT I think.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love that you went to the Sand Centre I think they're pulling the Sand Centre down I... like the Sand Centre is one of those places where when I was growing up Kenny Dalglish opened it and it was such a big we deal King and like they you, you couldn't the, the, it was the only place to play because it used to be the market hall but then they pulled that down so they, and, and I think it was it was a little bit atmosphereless it's yeah, just yeah, a big Yeah, has got the like, pool and everything the oh, thing, like, yeah. I mean, the, the
0: thing is the only place you do a gig is smell chlorine because yeah. you've got to swim because
3: <laughs> for
1: those
0: who don't know it's like a small it's like a Sports centre, really? Yeah, is that's it? exactly what it is.
1: When you tell that story, that's because uh, I'll carry that with it. It's making my eyes water a bit because I know <laughs> what sort of hiding that bloke will have got. <laughs> <laughs> that won't have been. A, that won't have been because you're fucking relentless. If he's nobbled a couple of times and uh, then you've got onto that, that would have been. Uh, that would have uh, been uh, eight minutes. Probably,
0: it? Yeah, all about shat, yeah. yeah. and, then, and yeah. then it just went quiet. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. shattering. <laughs> oh, so. What's, uh-huh. what's your third word?
3: Okay, my third word is, uh, is probably the more most... Well, actually, sharp was quite unusual. Okay, this is unusual too. It's askew.
1: Askew. Askew.
3: Oh, askew.
1: Okay. askew. You, so, askew, ask me, uh, in an oblique position of uncertain etymology, perhaps literally, I think this sounds likely as well, it's from the old old Norse word, scar, I think it probably literally means on askew. Hmm. Uh, the meaning to depict unfairly was first recorded in 1872 the notion of giving oblique direction to, hence to distort or to make something slant Uh, definition to one side, out of line in a crooked position, awry the adjective is disapproval or scorn, contempt or disdainfully and the quotes I've got are Okay, well, one Tolstoy is probably worth. The man who suffers because one leaf is askew in his bed of roses suffers as much as he now suffered, falling asleep on the bare damp ground, one side getting cold as the other one warmed up. Askew. Why did you pick askew?
3: I I, I love it as a word. I think that all writers have words that if somebody was going to... Look at a copy and go. Who the hell wrote this? I think if you saw, if you saw that word "askew," I think a lot of people that know me would go. That's definitely a Grace Dent piece. It's the kind of it, it seems to come up quite a lot. I often use the word "askew," personally, when I, when I'm talking about me, and when people ask how I am, right? Because nice. I don't think that I am. Um, if you say, "How are you, Grace?" I don't think the, the accurate answer is well actually I feel completely mentally ill because it's not that I don't I feel a little bit askew and I feel like that you know when I'm sad or when I'm down or when I'm hungry for ambition or I feel guilty or I feel I haven't slept well I often think that my brain is just a bit askew uh, and I'm at that frequency like I like, you know and I was, you know, I was saying before, don't hire me as a writer if you don't think if you don't want someone who's a little bit feral and a little bit <laughs> maybe not going to do what you want to do. I chose a skewed now because I think that right now when we're recording this, I am I'm out I'm in I'm in London at the moment and I'm going around and I'm seeing people I'm working with people and I we all say hey how are you doing, and people go oh I'm I'm okay and then the moment you start to speak to them. And you just get a little bit under the veneer, right. they're not no one's okay, no, right? <laughs> no one we're all askew, right? right? There's suffering everywhere, everybody, whether it's you know you' you're never gonna see your mother and she's in shielding and or you know somebody you know's lost their business or they've lost their job or they're just paranoid they've got they've properly properly got terrified of the pandemic. Yeah. I just feel that askew has been something that i've been saying a lot recently i've been going i just feel i just feel askew you know i'm still jolly i'm still happy i'm still holding it down i'm i'm you know i'm still doing bloody six jobs and you know sticking my makeup on and i'm doing everything you know paying my mortgage how do i feel i'm a little bit askew because i don't know what is going to happen in the next few months like with regards to When will I see my family? When will I go home? When will life get back to normal? Will restaurants ever get back to normal? Is this it now? Will I ever be able to go to... These things we took for granted. Like, you know, I don't go to nightclubs anymore. I'm too old, but I still want the bloody right to be able to bash about in one sometimes on a boozy night out. Like, I want to... Will there be festivals anymore? Will there be book festivals anymore? Will there... I mean, these are just very personal things. But it's that... um, it's that kind of barely concealed terror with a big smile on my face But a skew. Is this <laughs>
0: because of the situation that we've been through with the pandemic? If we were doing this podcast with you before mm. March, you know, in 2020, would a yeah. skew have still described you as a person?
3: Yes, I think it would have described me then because I am uh, the only way that I can do what I do write novels and do all of these things is that um i'm that I, i've always worked on that kind of frequency where i feel everybody's joy and i can sit down and kind of like really center in on how people feel very 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 quickly and it's a complete it's a massive skill and a massive treat but it's also a massive pain yeah, because i'm feeling every, I f- yeah. i'm feeling you know i sit down and at the moment i'm doing so many Recording Christmas specials all over the place, um, and I'm like sitting down in the makeup chair, and they are like the woman you know, everyone that puts my makeup on. They're like, are "You all right?" And I go, "Are you all right?" And they're like, "Yeah." Well, I'm trying to home educate four children at the moment, yeah. and my husband's lost his job, and I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm really feeling it. I feel like I'm wanting, even though I'm not allowed to hug, I'm giving hugs that I probably shouldn't be. So I think <laughs> it
1: seems, I think uh, I just want to think. I think that you're a hyper reader. I think you want mm. Yeah, I think that you can. Um, you know, I, be, I bet you knew when you were young that people didn't necessarily mean what they were saying. There, there's a kind of madness in that, and if you can see people, I can see people as well. Mm. And that's why you're a writer. And if you talk, you're right. That's how I know you're a writer because of the way that you talk. Mm. When there's something like the pandemic, it's fucking white noise it 's whiteness because it 's just it 's all that subtle, all that nuance and the things that you pick up and you 've learned to live with you learn to live with that so I, and I know what I know when i 'm being light I know I can feel people and you can mm. feel people now that now there 's this general generalized anxiety disorder around everywhere, yes. and if you 're made the way you 're made, that is going to be like fucking tinnitus. In it, it's just <laughs> permanent, and you can't turn it off, and you That's can't, it. you can't negotiate with it, and you can and that sets up a kind of madness, I think, in you. Yeah. You talk sort outside. That sets up that thing where you just want to go. Hang on a minute. You want to scream because you know that bed and
3: shop that I'm talking yes, about? That's be, be it. There. I just want to get into yeah. the bed and yeah. shop and just listen to Radio 4 yeah. uh, to Melvin Bragg's In yeah. Our Time. Yes,
1: me too. <laughs> I I let it all...
3: <laughs> and just let it all go. And yeah. I keep thinking maybe two years and it'll go back to how it was. But well, I don't.
1: Know. And let me reassure you, it's a worldwide authority. A pand- <laughs> as, we're, as we're surrounded by, it. everybody I a, <laughs> a, a Fucking expert. It'll be all right. Be all, be it'll rude. be right. right. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be right. It will be. It will. It'll be
0: all right. From everything that you said, right from the beginning with when you were talking about hungry and you were talking about how matching that drive and ambition with yeah. what you're pushing that on, where, where it is and your life expectation where you start, where you are now, what should you expect of yourself? You always have been skew. As yeah. Tony said, if yeah. you're a writer, you have to yeah. be, because if you're not eschew, if you're not you on a slant. You're if you're not stood on a slant, you see yeah. the world the same way everyone else yeah. does. You have to be seeing it at an angle, otherwise you don't see what others
1: don't see. Is there see, a big part I mean. of you that to you, that's a mystery to you?
3: Um, I know I'm not normal and I'm continually surprised at myself, mm. You've said that
1: though. No, no. So you have, do, you know why, do you know what? Do you know what? i tell you what you are. <laughs> this is gonna help you. You can take this with you, right? I, I tell you what you are. You're an artist. That's what you I are. Know. Now it all makes sense. If you get take um, that, it, then it all makes sense. But that's
0: what I was going to say. You said yes. that throughout this, keep on going. And I'm not normal. And if people want to hire me, they've got to have somebody who's not yeah. normal. Who's a little bit this, a little bit yeah. that. But as you grown up in, uh, I don't know, bohemian. Islington yeah. with some bohemian households rather than in Carlisle. Oh, thank God I didn't. What What you would have grown up with is is surrounded by people going, hey, it's cool to, you know, your normality in terms of your life expectation, I would imagine growing up in Carlisle mm. is not the normality you live. So therefore fearless, you feel mm, a because you're
3: always out of kilter. I'm really glad that I didn't grow up in a bohemian family because I don't really get on with bohemians I think that <laughs> no, I enough. think that they need to clean their house more yeah yeah, yeah. I just can't I just go around yeah. and I just go this place would be lovely if you just maybe got like a Febreze you yeah. just Febreze your sofa and maybe what? just like got some of the blue balls it must be
0: clean bohemians a, I every bohemian think, it. well it's an it's I think it's that, that it
3: often it feels like it's clean but then you realise they've just got like a big bunch of flowers and that's masking the cat piss like that's <laughs> what is generally <laughs> happening with uh, bohemians there's a Western,
1: there also... There's a Western musical, Bohemia, masking the cat. Piss.
3: What I find this with Bohemians is bohem- you'd have millions of cats in the house. <laughs> yeah. a I would have I cat, cat, cat litter
1: trays. With an inch of the line.
3: <laughs> I would have cat litter trays, and they would be good cats. But no, I, what I find with Bohemians is that they they continually live in a self-made turmoil and that's why i can't be around them so they're constantly like shagging each other's husbands and then going oh i'm so upset that i'm in trouble because we you know am i in
1: trouble again (laughs) what What? (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, and
3: all of that it's all very well we all know we all know that type
0: of
1: person. I, well,
3: as a husband, I don't know any Bohemians. <laughs> 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 get
0: up
1: to shopping. You,
3: you
0: need to
1: go them. and live in, yeah. in <laughs>
0: North
3: get, London. Get, get That's where you yeah. need
0: to go. But this, I let, let me come back to this word, askew because I do, again, I love the word, but I love, I love what it means. It's mm. like seeing life through a different prism. And, mm. and, I, and I guess, and I also accept what Tony said, whilst we've been through this pandemic, when everyone's forced to readdress life and what 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 they're seeing, and whether it, it fits into the narrative that they were expecting, then everyone feels a little bit askew, which probably makes those who are yeah yeah stood uh, to the side be even further to the side. Can I just ask you, what would you like next? What would the, what would be, apart from you know everyone we want everything to go back to normal? It, forgetting that it, again, thinking if I interviewed you if if i asked you this question we were doing this before the pandemic what would have been the thing that would have made you feel like you fit in or Um, do you never want that
3: no i don't ever want to fit in what i would i think what i just said before the pandemic is that um i've just gone through a period of my life with uh, my parents both getting old and ill and i feel as if that has been so much a part as like a back the that's been the continuous story in my head for so long and i think i'm going through ambiguous grief yes. and i think that i would like to move through that and to start a new chapter that's what i'd like is that what do you mean
0: by ambiguous
3: grief i well um i mean i've uh I mean, that was going to be the my next bit with my last word uh,
1: well, we will do the last yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. ties is What is your last word?
3: Oh God. So, um, so the, <laughs> so, the uh, so the word. Hmm. Jesus Christ. What, <laughs> ah! So the word that I never ever want to hear again is dementia, and it's not because it's like I want to live in a world where I never want to hear it, like, like world peace or something. It's not. I'm not being kind of um, soft and cloying. I just have gone through like 12, 13, 14 years of my life where I've had to think about... Deme- my, I've lost my father with dementia and I've just had to think about dementia continuously, yes. right? Continuously. The administration of it, the the, the, the working through it, the, the family plot of it all. And um, my father is still alive, um, but he doesn't recognise me anymore. And I... What I, I... I feel as if... When I walk around and I speak to people, which I don't talk about it very much, but in... And when I do talk to people, everyone else is starting to have their stories. And because it's such a big thing, everyone's bloody got dementia, people everywhere, you know. And I, if I could never hear that word ever again, just because it's 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 hell. So that's it. That's the word. I would like that to be taken away and for me to to live in a world where I never have to speak to anyone. And they go, oh, God, I think my dad's got dementia. Or I think, oh, God, well, you know, we've just put my mum in a home or... Because it's, it's hell, and it's and it goes on forever. There's no end until the person dies. Sorry, I've really brought the room down. No, no.
1: I, it's. Um, <laughs> oh. I hear so, you. Yeah. Don't have to, we don't have to apologise. Yeah, we it's you. like. We hear, we hear, we hear so you.
3: yeah, so it, it's it's just that, and I think that it, it's it, that. I suppose I I think that it's a really uh, overlooked thing, and I think there's people all over Britain now suffering because they're keeping it secret and i don't just mean the people who've got it i mean the families that's families families kind if of do, hoard it you know they will yes, hide it yes. you know yeah. because um yeah. the moment that you admit it yes life's never going to be the same again you're gonna especially working class people you're gonna to have to let like social workers into your house that's which is right. bad you know if you're <laughs> and it's and it's all that kind of thing so um that's my word that i'd like well, to I'd put I'd, in the bin.
1: You get an argument from this part of the room. Yeah,
3: it's
0: yeah, hard. it's yeah. a hard, hard path. It's also, you know, when we talk about you as a teenage girl, and and you're looking at the tube, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. thinking what the bright lights of London offer you, and and you you go and take them, and you absorb them, and you hold them, and you live them, and you you excel in every possible imagination of what you could be and then all of a sudden that's your life there's a huge huge thing
2: this episode is brought in part to you by audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
0: To suddenly then be brought back to reality that, <laughs> yeah. that you never leave where you came from mm. and you never leave those people, even if those people have left you.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that anybody that leaves the north uh, or, or leaves wherever they're from and runs to the bright lights, if you love your family... You know, there's you know there's a siren gonna come, yeah, yeah, and you're gonna yeah, yeah. have to go back and look after people and yeah. see the people. But I mean, this is the the essential human condition: is that everybody yes. that we love, and everything that we everything we love will will age and grow vulnerable and grow weak and disappear,
1: which allows beauty.
3: But that's
0: that also that also is what makes you hungry because yeah. you want things. But and 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 the thing that gets me as well, when Tony was describing sharp and the fact that it had been a settlement and you know, thousands of years ago mm. people had bothered for whatever reason we don't know to put stones around in a circle and in a place marketing go there they were us yeah, they so were you. They were doing it to remember someone, to be part mm. of something, to pass yeah, something yes. on. It's, uh, yeah. it, we, leave yeah. some,
1: we need to leave. Uh, we need to leave. Uh, we do know why the, the stones and and, and uh, it's but not it's, it's, stone it's, it's, stone and on. it's not accidental that uh, the, the permanency of the stones. That's what stones represent. This is probably a, another show, but I'd, that thing about leaving, I'd say that you can't run from what's running inside you.
3: Yeah. I think, and I think at the moment with, I'm noticing this with people that are in so much pain, everyone's selling their houses, everybody is selling, if if, if anyone owns a house seems to have it on the market, mm. and everybody thinks that wherever they go, it'll be better. That's right. If they have another room, if they're just away from their neighbours, if they, if they have a flat, if they move nearer the sea, and I'm thinking, yeah. wherever you go, that'll yeah. just be You're you. Going,
1: you'll be going with you. Yeah, unfortunately you're gonna have to Just
3: paid like a stamp duty. That's the only thing you've done. (laughs) Just paid a stamp duty. Yeah. Oh guys, thank you.
0: No, No, thank
1: you. That was fantastic. (laughs) No,
0: Grace, honestly, I I I didn't know what to expect. Obviously I've seen you know a master chef and I've read I've read some of your reviews, although I don't tend to read a lot of uh uh, of food reason. reviews, mm, yeah. no, no, oh, because God, no, no, no <laughs> yeah. food reviews because like, and I know you've written about mm. this because I'm a vegetarian, but often people say, "Oh, you've got to go away and try the mm. lamb." I go, "Well, I'm not going to go there and try the lamb, yeah. so I'm not going to read it." But what I've loved is you as a person, because oh, this, well, this feels a little bit like a, a school reunion of people <laughs> who didn't go to the I, same school. I,
1: I, this is a fir- what uh, I think we often I often say it then end, that I was really surprised by." Somebody, else, that was really surprising, and uh, w- w- our only connection that we talked before we came and was mm. social media. That, that sort of, we'd spotted each other on there and exchanged <laughs> a little bit of something. And you're exactly what I thought you were, and, and that was fucking delightful.
3: <laughs> oh, it are. is. It <laughs> feels
0: like, like we're
1: mates. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it? And do we've are.
3: never met. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You've um, you've made me laugh and you've made me uh, cry a little bit, and uh, and I and I think this is a. This is a really strange and weird podcast.
1: Fantastic. But I'm, I'm glad I came. I'll take that as a compliment. 225. Do yeah. you know, it's a bit
3: askew. Fantastic. It's the most askew podcast out there.
1: Thank you. i will <laughs> take that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank <love> you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Tony, I'd, I'd never met Grace before. I know you've been in touch with her via social media and so on, but I, I meant what I said, and, I, and I, it did genuinely feel... Like a school, reunion of people who never
1: went to the same school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to overplay the being in touch with her. I mean, she's commented on a, I think, a wanted a tweet saying wanted northern men to, uh, one northern woman to fight five southern men, must be prepared to drink in the afternoon. And she replied uh, immediately, <laughs> applying for, applying for the job. So she was, like I said at the end, there she was. Uh, not in a in any way a reductionist way, she was exactly what I thought she was, and what I think she is is she's a fellow traveler I think she's um, she's part of our tribe and uh, yeah I, th- I couldn 't get enough of her i 'd quite happily have another couple of hours of that.
0: That was a hell of an episode, I'm sure you'll agree. Thanks for listening to it. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to other people, uh, leave us a review. Me and Tony love doing this show, but obviously we love doing it because we're sharing it with you. I've also got to say thank you to our sponsor, Quorn. Super protein, super tasty.